Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 29, 2016, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 76, starting with the third paragraph. Today's readers are, we have uh, Rita P. on the 12 Steps, Ruth C. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Mary K. W., Judy F., and Linda R. The uh, reference number for uh, yesterday, Tuesday, June 28th, is 8872. That's 8872. OA, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our, our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask Rita P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Rita. Good morning, everybody. This is Rita P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Arkansas. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take a personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Rita. Okay, let me now ask uh, Ruth C. to read the 12 traditions. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, all. My name is Ruth C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Atlanta. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. 
They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Ruth. Okay, this is what we do here. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. I got that. Um, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're gonna to resume our study of the big book and we are on page 76, starting with the third paragraph. And Mary KW is gonna read, we st it starts at now we need more action and then continues on there. So Mary KW, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone on the line. Hi, Mary K.W., a grateful, recovered but not cured uh, compulsive overeater just for today. Now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We, are, we subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed in the beginning we would go to any length 
for victory over alcohol. Okay, so this is again that part of the big book where it goes through the steps very quickly uh, in sequence. You know, we had a couple of paragraphs for six and seven, and and now we're getting into a, um, a short section on eight and nine. Um, but these are big and important steps I found for myself certainly in in working through the program of recovery. Um, one of the things that it, it seemed easy at first to come up with my my list of people I needed to make amends to following the, the four step process and and I began the process um, to to make amends and work carefully with my sponsor on that and one of the things I was able to discern that with with her help and through prayer that there were some that I wasn't going to be able to make directly because it would cause harm. It might cause somebody else some pain and um, to reopen an old wound that they may not be ready to open. So I and or there's pe- there are people that that died or people that that um, I can't find and. And so with those, I've left to, to God to either put the people that I can't find in my path or to um, show me another way, um, an indirect way through service that I can make those amends. But there's action for absolutely every one of them in some way. Um, the other thing that's been critical for me in my growth process is to also understand that God reveals us to things to us in his time, too. And when I did my first inventory, not everything, I thought it was pretty thorough. And even as recently as the last month or two, some old, deep-seated memories um, have resurfaced that never made my first inventory. And, um, and now I'm actually using the process uh, um, to work through it and seeking out people that I need to make amends for. And and it truly, I like the analogy of cleaning house and we're constantly sweeping away the debris that's accumulated um, out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. And boy, can I relate to that. I absolutely know that this program works and I'm so thankful for for the, this direction. I'm from my higher power, whom I choose to call God, and from the direction from the fellows and the teachings of the big book. And I wish you all a wonderful, abstinent day today. I pass. Thanks so much, uh, Mary Kay. Appreciate that. Okay, who would like to share on what was read? Charles A. G. from Boston. Kimberly L. Carl? I'm just jotting away here. Let's see if I, my hearing's going, but let's see what I got. I got, I got Charles. I see Tina. I heard Katie. I heard Kimberly. Vasa. And did I hear Carl? Yes, that's correct. Hey, Carl. Okay. Um, They're coming. It's raining men. All right. Who else did I leave out? All right, we got a little lineup here. Was somebody? Was there one other person? All right, let's go with that. Let's go with Charles, Tina, Katie, Kimberly, Vasa, and Carl. Good morning, Charles. 
My guy, Larry, good morning, man. Thank you so much for your service. Just make it so easy like Sunday morning, man. Thank you for your uh, continued service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. I want to, you know, I want to hit this up where it says, now we need more action without which we find that faith without works is dead. And I want to hit up that last line. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for recovery over alcohol. And, um, you know, even as a recovered composable reader, I got to remember this myself because, you know, um, I got to clean up the past every single day because I make debris every day. You know, <laughs> maybe not some of y'all perfect folks, but, uh, you know, guys like me, I, me, me, I don't know about y'all because if I'm in your head, I'm out of my mind. Um, so I know I have to clean up the past. And, that, you know, thank you, Renata G. I love you so much. This prayer without action is, uh, is begging. I can't be begging my higher power because God will move the mountain if I bring a shovel, a shovel of willingness. You know, and when I talk to new people in program and, you know, they say they rest of, you know, I talk for a little while. They say they rest on their laws. Oh, okay. You know, you know they say, they say a, a, a wise person learns learn from their mistakes, but a brilliant person learns from others. Oh, you rested on your laurels? Oh, yeah, I did that too, right? And, but, but I got to continue every single day because I make dirt every day. I came from dirt, so why wouldn't I make dirt? I make dirt every day. And, um, you know, I want to say this, and, and I know we're on the eighth and ninth step. You know, this is so great. But, um, you know, 3, 7, and 11 is so connected. See, when, 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 uh, when I turned my life, in the third step, when I turned my will and my life over to God, I really wasn't that willing. I just knew I was broken. But when I get to the seventh step, you know, I humbly did it. And, 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 and by doing those actions, I'm improving my conscious contact with a higher power. And, uh, and, and the prayer all over this book is, is just beautiful. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate that. I want just one uh, gentle, gentle, gentle reminder. Just if you're not speaking, so if you if you're not Tina, please uh, mute your phone. And Tina, you can you can unmute. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service, <laughs> Tina S. Falsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a power, powerful paragraph and heard some great shares. Um, you know, one of the things today that I'm really grateful for is that by the time I got here, I was really excited because my experience was I never got past the fourth step. And so, you know, I, I, w- I was trudging here, and, and all trudge is is to walk with purpose, and that's what I was doing. And, and I love that it talks about faith without works is dead, you know, so I have a choice. You know, I can either take some action or I'm not going anywhere. You know, and and then it, then it tells me that I already have a list, which was good news for me because I thought, you know, because I'm pretty lazy, you know, I don't want to do any more work, so I already had this list, and 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 then also, you know, the step eight there are two parts, you know, I make a list and then I become willing, you know, and, and I and I didn't know that until somebody explained that to me, so you know, we'll, we'll take this piecemeal. I mean, even though these are short paragraphs, you know, I I had some interpretation to do and some instruction to be given. And, and that's what I took, you know, and, and then it talks about, you know, that we go and we, we, we repair this damage, which we caused, you know, I was like, really, you know, initially I was like, really, I caused this stuff, but that's the good news, you know, because if it's somebody else, I'm screwed, you know, and we caused it by, you know, it was out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show. And that wasn't really anything I ever thought I did until, you know, I, I looked at my stuff and I really realized that I was trying to run the show. And I loved what was just said. You know, we remember, we agreed that we would go to any length 
for victory over alcohol or compulsive eating, you know, and that's what I had agreed to. And by this time, like I said, I was, I was pretty excited to get through the rest of the steps because somebody also told me, hey, just take the 12 steps, and if you want to continue to do what you were doing, then you can go ahead and do that. And so, um, you know, I, I was excited by this time. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Tina. Okay, we got Katie followed by Kimberly. Katie. Hello, Larry. May I be heard? You can. Awesome. Got my timer out. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered Compulsive over- Overeater Anorexic and Bulimic calling in from Boston. What is debris? Debris is something that's left after something has been destroyed. All right, so here's the deal. I'm really good at saying I'm sorry. And I'm really good at saying I'm sorry when I want you to like me. When you tell me, like I'm really good at saying, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that um, you're having those feelings that I acted out. I'm sorry that I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. So this is not an I'm sorry list. This is an amend, which, um, first of all, there are a few places in the book that promise us we're going to eat if we don't do this work, and this is one of these places. Um, And for me, um, the amend process was not about feeling better. Some of the amends were about, all of my amends are about giving back reality. So what does that mean? When I made an amends to my fiancé, I gave him back the reality that, yes, I have been controlling in our relationship. I have been unkind. I imagine if I were you, I would feel talked down to, um, mistreated, um, angry, and confused as to what brought this on, and how can I set this right? Because here's the problem, guys. I can't just go and make an amend and give them back their reality and then continue to do the same thing. This is about my willingness to make the amend and show up and do it differently. And... Um, I learned there's a specific language. I also learned, again, um, what I started to allude to, what this, this is not about feeling better. Like something was destroyed. So I went to somebody, a former colleague, and I destroyed her day. I destroyed her serenity. And you know what she said to me? She said, hey, Katie, um, I knew that you were really motivated to work, and uh, you just didn't have a whole lot of people skills. And I remember, this is one of my first amends, guys, and I get on the phone and I'm snot-nosed, messy, crying with one of my friends. And and all of a sudden, God gives me this idea and I start laughing, right, because uh, I realize I don't have any people skills. I'm a recovered compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic, and I've been relating to food and my body and myself my whole life. Of course, I don't have any people skills. She was right. So amends have taught me a lot. Um, I made some totally inappropriate amends. I thought that I was doing okay. Um, When I first began this process eight years ago, I reviewed every single amend with a recovered person getting the language um, because it's very important that I apologize for my behaviors um, and that I don't do more harm. So um, the good news is if you feel like you have no idea what this means, remember there are eight steps before this, um, and we just keep doing this one day at a time, going through the steps, entire abstinence, and setting right the wrong. I'm going to keep keep it up one more day with you guys, shoulder to shoulder. God bless. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Okay, so we got Kimberly followed by Vasa, and just a gentle reminder, if you're not Kimberly, to mute your phone. Good morning, Kimberly. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. You're coming through loud and clear. 
Great. I am Kimberly L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Georgia. And the part that really sticks out to me is that, remember, it was agreed at the beginning that we would go to any length for victory over alcohol. <clears throat> and I have worked the steps before. I have not worked all of them. And this is where I've fallen off. I was not willing to go to any length. I made two amends and I was out. And of course I went back to the food. So this time working through the process, it's been really important to me to be willing to do whatever it takes. And I have to tell you, I wasn't so much afraid of the fourth and fifth step. I hear that a lot. My biggest fear all along was making amends. Um, I have some big amends, like a lot of us, to make, and it's been my experience that God has held my hand through all of them and that it's been okay. It has been uncomfortable. I made an amend the other day, and I got some very significant feedback that, of course, didn't feel very good, <clears throat> um, called out on my behavior, and um, she was absolutely right. She was absolutely right. Um, but again, this is not about feeling better. This is about setting right the wrong. Um, um, but the point that I just want to make is that, you know, I had a lot of fear during um, the process of working the steps, kind of anticipating and projecting what it was going to be like to make these amends. My sponsor was continually reminding me that I am not there yet. My recovered network would tell me we're not there yet. And when I got there, the willingness has come. I haven't made all of them. And again, God has held my hand the entire time. Um, I take a lot of action. So I write my amend letter, my sponsor and I review it. I make sure that I, I have all the parts and pieces together, that I'm focusing on the actions, you know, exactly what did I do and what am I making an amend for? And then I go out and do it. I pray, God holds my hand, and uh, we move forward. Um, this process works. It's truly amazing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kimberly. Okay, so we have Vasa followed by Carl. Vasa, good morning. Yes, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. And I am recovered compulsive leader calling from Foxville, Massachusetts. Um, and it was suggested to me to take the steps the way they are laid out. If I didn't want to go back to the food, and I was willing to go to any length just not to go back to the food. So, you know, I had a lot of fears also going through the steps, but I am praying to God, and I would ask God, please, Remove my fear and help me, give me the strength to go through one step at a time. And I remember projecting, though, you know, I dreaded going through the, through the step nine, you know, going to all those people and making amends. But my sponsor always said, God will give you the strength and God will give you the willingness. You know, you don't even have to think about that till you get there. So, uh, you know, of course, I did the step, um, I, I did, I got my instructions. I got cards, like um, three by five or something like that, and we went through the fourth step, you know, through the resentment and everything. And, I, you know, I needed to put all the people's names on it that I thought I needed to make amends. Where they live, their telephone number, this was a long time ago. And, uh, and I put 
class if I needed or minus if I didn't. And then we went through the cards, and she helped me where I needed to make amends, where I didn't. So, again, uh, remember they was agreed to the beginning we would go to any length for a victory over alcohol. And faith without works is dead. You know, to me it was take more action, Vasa, take more action, take more action. And I did. I, you know, even though I was afraid, God always put the people in my life that I needed to make amends. Um, could be my, I thought it was my children, you know, brother, aunt, dead people, you know, writing letters or going to the grave. And uh, and it's it's amazing, you know. I was afraid how those people were going to react towards me, but it was always a positive reaction. Some of those people made amends to me. So it's just amazing. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks so much, Vasa. Okay, Carl, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. It's great to hear your voice again. Wow. Uh, I'm a Carl Recovered uh, Food Addict. Um, I'd like to comment really on uh, what I believe Kay uh, said at the very beginning of this step, namely that uh, amends can come up um, much later than the first time through the steps. I had uh, a very, very, very deep amend to make, um, and it started, my higher power started bringing this to my mind about six months ago, and in this case, this amend had been due uh, since 55 years prior to that and since uh, nearly 30 years in um, working the steps. So I never would have occurred to me. In any case, it's toward my father. And amend means to make things right, to make the relationship work the best the best I, I possibly can. <clears throat> and uh, I had a, to say it was an intense hatred of my father would be a huge understatement. Uh, he sexually abused me when I was a kid and uh, uh, sodomized me, to be exact. And um, uh, I hated him with such intensity that I wiped him out of my memory. I couldn't even remember what he looked like anymore, and that was exactly what I wanted. I wanted to utterly obliterate that um, that relationship. Anyway, about six months ago, my higher power, I, I thought I was already amended. I thought that relationship was already straightened out, at least to the degree that I could, uh, through the eight to nine step maybe nine or ten years ago. Um, at any rate, my higher power brought to me a, a kind of forgiveness that I had never heard of, never certainly never practiced, and that was the idea that... Um, when someone has hurt me, and in this case very deeply hurt me, put a scar on my life that uh, was huge, um, that the ultimate result of that was that I was driven to my higher power and uh, for the healing that I needed because I could never get that healing from any other source than my higher power. And so that the result, the ultimate result of that very deep hurt was a very wonderful result, and that was that I developed a much deeper relationship with my higher power, and I got from my higher power what I so desperately needed, and that was the love that my uh, father never gave me. And so that's the love of my higher power is the healing. 
at any rate, if if I think of my father and my relationship to him in terms of forgiveness, um, the deeper the hurt, the more I can forgive. And the deeper the hurt, the more I go to my higher power. And the deeper the hurt, the greater ultimately is the benefit to me. It sounds very strange, but it certainly is because I come to love my higher power even more. And I'm very deeply in love with my higher power today. Um, so looking back, I have to ask myself, well, was there anything to forgive? Well, in a strange way, there was nothing to forgive because my father really did me a favor. Now, that sounds very crazy, and in one sense it is, but you have to look at it from the point of view of of what happened to me and, and the wonderful result that took place. So it, it's not in any way to gloss over what my father did to me or to deny in any fashion what happened. But this marvelous result that maybe there isn't anything to forgive. Maybe my father uh, was actually helpful to me. That doesn't mean he was a nice guy or that uh, what he did was okay. But I just wanted to share that. And that came to me years, 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 years after he had been dead and after I had been practicing the steps. But today I have a wonderful relationship with my father. So I'm very, very grateful to these steps, and thank you for letting me share. And again, thanks, Larry. Bye. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Carl. Okay, who else would like to share? MG. Hi, Nancy Ara. Amy G. Melissa Singh. Rita P. Suji. Sally. Amy G. Molly. Okay, I'll tell you who I got. Let me, and I maybe I left someone out. Um, my pen's going here. Kim G, Nancy, Amy, Nessa, Melissa, Riva, Sue, Sally, Paula. Did I? And I'm not sure, Paula. Paula, did I hear you? Or am I making that up? If I don't hear you, then I'm I'm delusional here. Okay, so maybe not, but um. Jody, okay. Let's let's cap it right there. If I could. Can I just ask what page we were reading? I'm I'm sorry. Can you ask what? What page we were reading? Sure, sure. We're on page 76. Um, we're co- our comments are on the third paragraph. Okay, so here's our lineup. And it's a lineup. Let me tell you: Kim G, Nancy, Amy, Nessa, Melissa, Reva, Sue, Sally, um, and Jody. And and Paul, if you're in there, maybe I didn't hear you. Um, and I'll just say, if you are not Kim G, if you would be kind enough to mute. And the other thing is, um, let's see, I don't know that we'll get to uh, paragraph two. Just wanted to give a heads up there, but uh, or the next reader, rather. So, Kim G, good morning. Good morning, Larry. And I wish Paula was here, too. I think it was just one of <laughs> um, Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. I mean, that's the goal. That's the aim of step nine. And, you know, sometimes it's good for me to look at my old ideas. What were my old ideas? What was the purpose of step nine? I thought it was to repair relationships. That's not the goal. I used to be afraid that if I made an amends and someone's going to want to be in my life, I didn't want to make an amends for that. That's not the purpose. I wanted to be forgiven. That's not the purpose. I wanted to get what I want. That's not the purpose. And the big thing was, was if I made an amends, I wanted people to change so I could feel comfortable. So once again, what is the goal? What is the, the purpose of step nine? 
I'm going to go out to my fellows and I'm going to repair the damage done in the past. You know, a big thing for me was to understand what's the difference between an apology, because I'm good at apologizing. I knock into a chair and I apologize. This is not about an apology. It's about an amends. So for me, it's good to look up the words. What's the definition of an apology? To offer an excuse for some fault, failure, or injury. That's not what I'm doing. I'm making an amends. So what's the definition of an amends? I'm going to change for the better. I'm going to correct fault, reparation, or compensation for damage done. That's very, very different than what I used to do. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry that I, Mom, that I, that I bad-mouthed you. And then tomorrow I do the same exact behavior. That's not an amends. I admit where I am wrong, and then I change my behavior in the future. And I don't know how aged everybody, but I, I always remember that episode from Happy Days when Fonzie was, tried to say, I'm wrong. It's hard for me to do that. And that's why it's so essential that I do steps one through eight so that I can get to that point where I understand what my defects are, how I show up in the world, and I am making an amends for how I am selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. And there's going to be five different warnings in here that I personally see that says, if I do not do this work, I will eat again. And what I often see is this is where I lose most of my sponsees in step nine because they justify that they can't do an amends and that amends eats at their brains and that keeps them blocked from their higher power. I often find, too, as those promises start to come true, we start practicing 10 and 11, which the book tells us, Start using this skill set as soon as you learn it. But when you start to feel better, you don't finish up your amends, and that, those amends come and kick you in the butt, and you eat again. So I think it's so essential we understand the intention, and we understand that we have to complete all of our amends in order to have the freedom, which is the purpose of steps, one through, um, steps four through nine. So one more. Why, why do we make amends? Or what is the purpose? Now we go out to our fellows, and we repair the damage done in the past. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim. Okay, we're going to have Nancy and Amy. Hey, Nancy, I'm going to mute, uh, clear the lines, and then if you would come back in. And, Nancy, you can come back in. Okay, I'm here. Do you hear me? I do. Good morning. Oh, good, good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Good morning, uh, fellows. My name is Nancy Ara. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And uh, uh, the key word for me in this reading is victory. Uh, I was told that if I did these things, if I took this step, that I uh, would have victory over a disease that had me getting up in the middle of the night, uh, getting in a car, driving to dangerous spots, spots to get my fix. And I was told that if I did, that this was necessary. And at this point, I was willing to do anything to be relieved of the merciless obsession. I, had to say, I came back to OA in 1993 when in excess of 300 pounds, and I was, I was beaten down, and I was willing to do anything. And I had become principal of a school where I had been a teacher and had a falling out with someone I had been friends with for years. And here I am, I'm going to become this person's supervisor, and we're walking past each other and not speaking. And um, before doing the inventory, uh, I really thought she had done me wrong. 
And when I looked at my part and recognized I was only responsible for my part of the uh, incident, oh, God, to me, to me, even today, this was the biggest amend, the most difficult amends I had to make. But I called her into my office, and, uh, you know, I made amends. And I expected her to uh, uh, respond in one way, and she, she didn't. She never acknowledged her part of it. But it was okay. I was free. I mean, from that moment on, I was free. I was able to walk past her and genuinely uh, interact with her for the remaining years of my tenure there. And today, you know, when I see her, I am totally free. Um, this step is is vital. I can't imagine uh, not having done it. Uh, I know what would have happened. I would have been forced back into the disease but I was told, and my sponsor at that time told me that I would have victory over my disease, that I wouldn't have to get up in the middle of the night. I wouldn't have to eat when I didn't want to eat. I would be able to, uh, you know, have a, a, a to live a sane and useful life. And that's what this program has done for me. And it set the stage for me today to be able to admit easily when, I, when I've done wrong and to immediately try to clear up so I don't accumulate that uh, a debris that I did in the past. I didn't know any better. You know, I was living life on self-will, and that, that happens. Uh, uh, that happened when I was living my life on self-will. But today, I try to live in the will of my higher power, uh, which means if I think I've done something wrong, I have no problem going immediately saying, hey, listen, I did this. I'm, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Case closed. So thank you so thank you so very much for letting me share. I love this way of life. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay, we got Amy followed by Nessa. Amy, your turn. Hi, Larry. How are you? Thank you so much for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Awesome meeting. Thank you so much, everyone. I don't know about you all, but I, you've heard the saying in the room that this disease is full of the three Ds, denial, delusion, and defiance. And I can tell you up until step four and playing around with it still, there was this idea, you know, because I had this, this Oscar role of the victim that it was always something that was done to me, was the realization that truly that I had hurt others. This drastic self-appraisal was a huge eye-opener and understanding that even though I ate alone and I puked alone, who else could I have heard, I thought, and then it came the realization that there were truly, no matter what people had done to me, I certainly had done quite a bit of damage to those around me with this disease. And here we are on page 76, and we're not getting to the promises, you know, before we're, quote, halfway through this immense process until on page 82. So we've got a number of pages here where we're really going to drill down and get specific instructions and learn how it is we truly make amends because we're moving into more action here, but now we're going to be dealing with other people. We're going to learn how to interact with other people in this process, this recovery process. And by no, by, by no means am I to make amends at the expense of someone else's peace of mind or cause more damage and hurt. I need to learn. And it talks about in this paragraph, I mean, it says we, we, we. I mean, I'm the one that's making the amends here. But it is a process of we, and this is where the fellowship comes to the fore and those who are recovered and gone before. I mean, I can't express enough how important it is to be working with a recovered sponsor and have a recovered network 
so that we can process through who truly to make amends to and how to go about it. I mean, there were things I would have never known how to do. For example, my sponsor said to me, in your conversation, in your amends, you never use the word you. It's always going to be about I. I'm going to always be speaking in the first person. I'm never bringing the other person into the conversation by saying you, because then I start to point a finger. I learned that even though I thought I was terminally unique and there were amends that I thought I never, ever could do, that if I used my recovered network and talked to other recovered people who had done the ninth sense, I realized that even though some amends that I never would imagine possible, they were able to walk me through how they did their impossible amends and how it became possible with the help of the program and with a higher power. So we need to use the fellowship here of recovered people who have gone through these process before and study this book because it has the instructions. I mean, the realization that it says a couple pages forward about the guy in the tornado. He says, you know, the tornado stops and he comes out of the shelter and says, hey, and there's this entire wreckage all around him. And he goes, hey, Ma, ain't it grand? The wind ain't blowing. You know, there's damage to be repaired, of course, and absolutely. And I was dying to do it. I mean, I'd sat in step six and seven feeling so powerless, but here was something I could do. I could take action, and I wanted to jump to it and get to it because I wanted to get to those promises too. I saw how others were living who had recovered, and I wanted that more than anything. But I had to tread lightly. I had to take the time that was necessary to do these steps to the best of my ability without making sure I would be injuring or doing harm to others. And I needed help with that from a recovered sponsor. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy. Okay, we have Nessa followed by Melissa. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know, one would think that by the time I get to steps eight and nine, that we are so painfully aware of the damage that we have caused, not only in our lives but in the lives of others, that, you know, any amends will be more than willing and ready to make. Um, but that was not my experience. Um, there was one, one um, a man that I didn't want to make. I was still entrenched in my pride and entrenched in the fact that I was more wronged than the wrong I had made, that I was hard done by, and it wasn't my fault. Um, and it had to do with my, my father, who had uh, married a woman who... Um, of whom I did not approve, and I, I did, I really didn't want to uh, make this amend at all, at all, at all, at all, because what I had done was minimal compared to what they had done, and this is where I focus on the word drastic, and you know this paragraph talks about the word drastic, and it's the third time in the big book that it appears. You know the first two times in pages 14 and 42. Um, relating to actually how drastic this whole uh, process is, not just the self-appraisal that, that is referred to here, but the whole program, like the whole, the whole uh, 12 steps are drastic. And, you know, something drastic is something that has um, strong and far-reaching effects. I mean, not only it's something that is radical and extreme, but, but its results, its consequences are drastic. And I never really experienced this until um, I had to deal with the situation. And, you know, this is where the true meaning of uh, the words that are written in page 67 with, with respect to the step four came, came to, uh, 
to really to be crystallized in my mind and it be internalized in my heart where it says, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done. And then it says, though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we try to disregard the other person involved entirely. And this really uh, was very a poignant experience for me in step nine because, you know, my father died unexpectedly. And I never got a chance to make amends to him directly. And what God did in his infinite mercy provided me was the opportunity, a clear and open opportunity to make amends to his wife. And, you know, that was infinitely harder than it would have been just to make amends to my father alone. And, uh, but it was, oh, what, a, what an experience, what an experience. It was like the, the, the weight of the world lifted off of my shoulders. And today she and I have a, a, I wouldn't say a close relationship, but a pretty decent relationship. And that is um, a further um, testimony to, to the fact that when we take drastic measures, we get drastic results. And that is also part of, I guess, what I would call my living amends to my father that I didn't get to make when, when he was alive. And the change in me, I mean, the, 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 the ego deflation, the, um, um, the way that it left, it just opened up more room for God to come into my life. So um, I guess that's all I really need to say today, and I pass. Thank you, Nessa. I'll just say at the outset, I don't know if we'll get to everyone on the list here, but we'll do our best, right? Okay, so we've got Melissa followed by Riva. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, you know, drastic self-appraisal. And then we go out and repair the damage that we agreed at the beginning we would go to any length. For victory, well, you know, I agreed at the beginning I would go to any lengths for victory over my addiction. And I'm thinking about my agreement at the beginning, you know, um, and I emphasize at the beginning. Because, yes, at the beginning, when I'm in agony and sick and in pain and suffering, I agree. You know, this is just like me. I make all kinds of um, swearing off and commitments and promises in the heat of the moment. Like, like the bargaining, you know, it's reminding me of, waking up after a binge swearing that I'll never do this again. You know, when things are a mess, I make all kinds of promises. I bargain with God. Um, Please let me have my way and I'll do anything. And that is not what this is. You know, what makes this different and what's changed now? Um, First is the beautiful order of the steps. This doesn't come first. This isn't the first thing I do, you know, when I'm still – reeling, you know, in terrible pain. It's not, I don't put the food down and then start uh, making amends and and changing. Um, I put the food down first and then I, you know, proceed with the first steps. Um, And so, you know, it's beautiful that it comes right after step seven when um, I became entirely willing to have God remove all my defects. And this is how I demonstrate my willingness. Um, by my action. You know, it's not empty words now. It's doing the work. Um, and even though I don't like making amends, um, you know, I don't like changing and owning my part. It's not fun and it's not easy. Um, and as an addict, fun and easy, it's like my first and last name. 
um, I've operated on fine and easy all my life. Um, but, you know, I was sick, and, and, um, and I was screwed, and I knew it all the way down to my core. And for me, somehow that finally sank in. So, you know, I went forward to clean up my debris because I destroyed things through self-will. You know, and it was up to me at this point with God's help to clean up my mess. Um, and it doesn't mean that I enjoyed it or that it wasn't scary. But, you know, um, the crazy part is the scarier the amends were, the less fun it was, the relationship with my higher power grew. It was like the amends that were easy, the changes that were easy, um, they didn't they didn't create that bond that was require, required, um, you know, but the events that were really hard, the changes that um, were difficult for me um, was really where I pressed in um, and relied on God, you know, and so, you know, I'm thinking about some of the events that I made, you know, yes, yeah, some of it were direct words that I had to say and actions, and the ones where I was trembling um, afterwards, the freedom I felt and that I've continued to feel, you know, were indescribable. And that's really what has set me free from the bondage of food. Um, and so for people who are frightened, the good news is, the scarier it is, the freer we become. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. We have Reva followed by Sue. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. I wanted to share on a couple of points um, that really speak to me from this paragraph. For me, six and seven is almost like making a U-turn because I'm at this pivot point. Um, And the pivot point is moving out from a self-centered existence where it's all about me, 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 me to um, an other-centered. And I get my directions not from me. I get my directions from my higher power. And um, I just glanced at the uh, 12 and 12, and it says right away in the first sentence, step eight and nine is all concerned with personal relationships, how to have the best possible relations with every human being I know. I did not have personal relationships that were healthy before this program, and I did create a ton of wreckage and damage. And this is what teaches me how to relate to other people. And for me, I find it's the people closest to me that I have the hardest time with. Um, The wounds are just much deeper. The buttons get pressed much harder. Um, So it's much, much harder. And I love what was shared about amends being to change my behavior, not just about the sorry but, because I did that a lot and it doesn't doesn't really help. And if anything, it feeds my arguments and my anger and worsens the relationships. So yesterday I had um, a step 10 turnaround to do around my husband because I was so full of anger and I know I can't afford justified anger. Um, And going through this process... um, was amazing because by the time I got to the amend last night, um, thank you, God, it's all about we. I don't do the amends alone. I don't go in there alone because left to myself, I'll probably make another mess. So I do it with the guidance of um, my higher power through my sponsor um, or other recovered people. And, you know, sometimes amends is to change behavior um, and not do something anymore. But last night, it was about having the courage to speak up and do something that I would never 
have the courage to say or do. Um, and I would never have done that without the guidance. So, um, you know, I, I want to be at peace with other people. I do want to have positive relationships. I don't want to keep creating more damage. And this is the way I learn how to do it. For that, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, we have Sue. Sue, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Always good to hear your voice. Um, Sue from Sue G from Michigan recovered. Um, I remember at one point uh, when I found it difficult to do my amends that when I made my list, I knew I had other things, other people to add on to besides just the ones from my four-step inventory. They were other things that other people I had harmed um, that had nothing to do with where people had harmed me or where I felt they were they had harmed me. But I made a, four lists. It was One was those I feel like I can do now, and two, those I could do later, and three, maybe, and four, oops, we'll have again another later. I think I meant to say I don't think I can do. And um, by the time I did the ones I could do now, I was ready to do the ones that I had written down as later. And, and going on through that list, um, that's how I got to the ones that I didn't think I could ever do. And I did them. But I'll tell you, it wasn't easy. It was pretty much as difficult as giving away my fourth step for a couple items that I didn't think I'd ever tell anybody but God. Um, so it also, I like the idea that says, if you haven't got the will to do this, we ask until it comes. And most of those, that's what I had to do for those that I, you know, I just, for those I had later, or maybe, maybe I'll do them. Maybe I, maybe I can do them. And no, I don't think I can. We have to be honest. And if we really don't think we can, we have to put it down and present it to God and let him know that's how we're feeling. And that way he can help us to um, to give us the ability to go to any length to start out with the ones that, that I think I can do pretty easily. And that was family. Um, that came pretty easy. It was the things I had stolen. Um, I never stole from work, but I stole from stores, small items, and from part, uh, gas station little party stores. And I didn't want to go there because I, I didn't want to do it because I knew that I'd have I would be going back to that store again, and I didn't want to be banned from the store, especially where I got the gas because I had to go in and pay for it. I had to find a new gas station. So, you know, all the when I did make them, when I did make the men's, I, I didn't have one person or one place that treated me any differently afterwards. Um, they they thanked me for my honesty. They thanked me for, and in one place even said, "Don't worry about trying to make restitution for it because we don't even sell it anymore." So I found the list of putting them in order like that much easier for me to go ahead and do my list instead of popping around to, oh, I'm going to do one that's real hard now. 
now I'm going to do what is easier. And so with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Sue. Okay, I got a couple of amends to make. Sally, I'm sorry, and Jody, and I don't know if Paul, if you were there, but I I'm, was never good at math, so I could not figure that out. But we have to close. If you guys would hang out for the second hour, that would be great. So thank you to everyone uh, who has shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, uh, followed by the serenity prayer. So Judy, are you available to read 164, if not Linda? Yes, this is Judy F. Can I be heard? Oh, you can, Judy. Thanks so I'm much. I'm here, Larry. Thank I'm you. here. Oh. This is here. Okay, well. We'll we'll let we'll let Judy take it. Thanks, Linda. Oh, sure. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Great meeting. This is Judy F. Recovered uh, compulsive reader in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God, Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.